Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. It's so good to be here, guys. The uh, Since I've seen you last... I have, I did a soft launch, which means I did like a secret launch of my new course, uh, Chickenlandia's Backyard Chickens 101, a chicken course for everyone. And I sent it out to my, you know, all my peeps on my email list. I call them Chickenlandia Nation. Uh, So I had that. And then we did the official launch uh last week on tuesday and it was like an event we did this whole thing on instagram where i gave away prizes and i gave the course away to a few people for free and um it was so much fun and i want to thank everybody that was there and everybody that participated there's been lots of people taking the course and it's just been really exciting but let me tell you i am tired (laughs) i am tired (laughs) because it was just like, it was just like, you know, it was, it was just a lot of excitement and a lot of adrenaline. And, and on the last day there was like a coupon and on the last day of the coupon, I had to like stay up until midnight and like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. And I'm, I'm grateful to have the whole Chickenlandia team that, works on all this stuff with me and I'm super grateful to everybody that participated and um, just the everyone, all of Chickenlandia Nation. So today we are going to talk about how to care for a sick chicken, how to help a sick chicken. And if you, I, I do have a question that came in uh, from somebody that submitted it through the website. And that's usually what I do on my podcast is that I answer a question that was submitted through my website. And if you want to submit a question, you can go to welcome to chickenlandia.com. There's a contact section and then you just like click that and there's a little drop down menu and it says, ask a chicken question. And that's, that's where I want to want you to go. And you can ask a chicken question Um, I get lots of questions. I can't answer all of them, but I really try and I read all of them. So I do love to hear from you guys. And while you're there, you should definitely join my mailing list so that you can know all the fun things that are going on in Chickenlandia, all the exciting things. So I want to talk to you about a scenario that if you've had chickens for any amount of time, eventually you will 
run into something like this. And it's where, you know, you're, you're super happy. You're maybe humming a little tune. You go to the chicken yard in the morning, you go into your coop to take care of your chickens, to check on them in the morning. And then you see a chicken that is puffed up, looks lethargic, is kind of like staring into space, listless, looking droopy. And what you have on your hands, you realize is a sick chicken. And this is, oh, it's just such a sinking feeling when that happens because, you know, they can't tell us what's wrong. They, they're, you know, that there's something wrong. You know, that chicks are, chickens are always supposed to be like spry and they're just always like moving and curious and going after food. And when they're not doing that, it's a pretty clear indication that something is wrong. And by the time they look like that, usually they're pretty sick because chickens are really good at hiding illness. So I've definitely had this happen to me in the past. And, you know, when I was just getting started, I was like, I'll get like panicked. And and I still do. (laughs) Full disclosure, I still I don't panic, but I'm just like, oh, you know, this is not what I want to deal with. And I just don't, I just don't like it. I don't want my chickens to be sick. But what I've done is I've come up with a protocol that you can do whenever you have a sick chicken. It is very easy to follow. And I want to tell you guys about that today. And some of you might be familiar with it, especially if you've taken my course or you've watched a few of my videos, I do talk about it. And it's just something that will help you get past that point of like not knowing what to do and, you know, giving your chickens some TLC while you figure out the next steps to take. So I do, I want to go ahead and move on to the question. It is from Patty and she said, hi, (laughs) I have a five-year-old Easter egger. She is moving slow and her comb is turning purple. Is this a sign of cyanosis? So that would be blue or purple discoloration. Um, And in this case, it was in the comb. Um, And and usually what it means is it's a lack of oxygen in the blood. Is there anything I can do to help her? I just added electrolytes to the waterer. She does eat a little and is with her flock mates. Thank you for your time and thoughts, Patty. Well, Patty, thank you so much for your question. And I will tell you that I, I had a conversation with Patty. We talked uh, back and forth a little bit via email. And what happened was, is it ended up being water belly, which is, it's like a collection of fluid in the abdominal cavity. And it can be caused by hypertension and a few other things. And that would, that's probably, I mean, I'm not a veterinarian, but Considering that um, there was a circulation thing going on, you know, it probably was something having to do with her heart or, you know, know, something like that. So um, it's pretty serious. And unfortunately, Patty's chicken did pass away. Um, And it doesn't necessarily mean that Patty did anything wrong. She very, just from talking to her, I know she takes really good care of her chickens and she has a very healthy flock. Otherwise, it could just be genetics. But either way, 
what I'd like to do today is just, um, you know, give you give you some ideas on what you can do if you come up with a sick chicken like this. And uh, Patty, I'm so happy. I'm sorry that that happened, but I'm so happy that she had you to care for her because most chickens don't have that. So I do get a lot of messages from people who have sick chickens. And uh, the first thing that I always try to say, and, and I have like a little disclaimer in my emails is that, I am not a veterinarian and I can't diagnose your chicken. You know, anything that I have to offer is basically just supportive care, uh, things that you can do while you're figuring out what you need to do if you need to take further steps. So basically, it's kind of like, you know, if you had if you had a kid that was sick and you kind of know what if you're a mom, you know what to do, you know, okay, go lie down, go, you know, here's some here's some chicken noodle soup or whatever. It's stuff like that. But then at some point, it's like you got to figure out if there's something going on that where your kid needs to go to the doctor. You know, there's there's that. And it's the same for chickens. Like there there is a point where really your best course of action would be to seek veterinary care. And I 100 percent know that that is not possible for everybody. But I have to be honest and say that I can't, I can't offer a diagnosis. And in fact, it would be irresponsible of me to do that. Um, I see people doing that all the time, like on Facebook and stuff. And so many chicken illnesses present the same. So there's really no way to know definitively what is going on with the chicken just from a picture or even just a description. So I just wanted to mention that. And what I'm about to tell you about is supportive care that you can offer to your chicken. And sometimes this is all they need. Like you may never find out what actually was going on. They turn around, they're great the next day and you put them back out with their flock and it's like, hmm, I wonder what was going on. And you may never know, but sometimes they, they really need more. And sometimes it doesn't matter what you do you know, despite your best efforts, despite taking them to a veterinarian and getting them the best care possible, they still won't make it. So there's, there's always, always that. And I just want to mention that. So the rest method that is R E S T. It is an acronym and it stands for the R stands for remove from flock. So the first thing you are going to do is remove that chicken from your flock. And there's a few reasons why you want to do that. Number one is that you really want to put your chicken in an area where they don't really have to do, they don't have to worry about, you know, anything other than getting better. They don't have to worry about their flock mates bullying them because their flock mates have sensed that they are weak. And once a chicken becomes weak, they become vulnerable to bullying from the rest of their flock. And sometimes it can be really bad. And that's, that is brutal, but that is, that is part of their pecking order. It's part of their nature. The way chickens look at it is if there's weakness in the flock, it makes the whole flock weak and they can't allow that to happen. So that's their instinct. It's not their fault. It's just the way that it is. But our instinct as human beings is to protect that chicken. So you remove that chicken from the flock. And the other thing is if this chicken is contagious, which likely, you know, the, the flock has been exposed by that point, 
but it's best to just take them away from the flock, okay? To just lessen that probability of there being something that is contagious and continues to go through your flock. So the E stands for electrolytes. And really what I want you to do is get, you know, you can get them from the farm store. You can order them online. It's electrolytes, vitamins, and probiotics. There's one that I really like. It's from Henny and Rue. Um, It's a really good quality one, but there's, there's other ones too. I think there's one, um, Save a Chick is another good one. And uh, so that is another thing that you will want to put in their water and it's just going to give them a nice boost. It's the same thing as like when I was a kid, my mom would give me Gatorade when I was sick, you know, and it's like, because you don't feel like drinking, you know, you don't, you don't want to drink. You don't have much of an appetite and this will encourage them to drink. And it will also, you know, get those electrolytes in them and make sure that they're hydrated and they need that hydration when they're sick. Um, And of course, we know probiotics is good for their immune system and vitamins. We know that that's good for them. So the S stands for scrambled egg. (laughs) You might be like, what? Scrambled egg. So, you know, when they're sick, they don't feel like eating a lot of times. And they need to get like a really chickens. If they get to the point where they've kind of lost the will to survive, then that's that's the real danger zone and you don't want them to get to that point. So if you can get some, some electrolytes, vitamins, probiotics into them, get something super tasty into them that is, is nutrient dense, like scrambled eggs or whatever you think, you know, if, if they're really not eat, not wanting to eat, just try and tempt them to with whatever you think will get them to eat. And that might give them like that, just that boost of energy so that they can, eat more and drink more and possibly get over that hump. So the T stands for temperature control. So when a chicken is sick, you do not want them to have to work to stay warm and you don't want them to have to work to stay cool. That You, you just don't want their bodies to be having that extra stress and then also be trying to heal. You just want them to heal. So if it's cold outside, I will bring my chickens in. I will uh, I'll bring, you know, the sick one in. I'll put them in. We have, we put them in the downstairs bathroom. <laughs> I'll put them in there. And so that they can be comfortable. It's a quiet spot. They don't, you know, they don't have to think about anything other than getting better. And just make sure, like, if you need to put a heat lamp on them, just make sure that they can get away with get away from it. Or if you have, let's say, a panel heater that you put with them, make sure that they can get away with, away from it. You don't want them to get too hot because chickens can overheat very easily. So you don't want that. So um, there's going to be variations on what you do. Like you know, this is just a the basic care that you can do usually depending on the situation when you have a sick chicken. Now, obviously if you have a chicken that where, you know, immediately what is going on, they might need something different, but uh, this is just a general guideline for you to follow. And you have, you know, of course you need to use your common sense. And the other thing is you can do this. Like if a chicken is, has been attacked by a predator 
and they have some minor injuries, you can do this protocol with them, you know, bring them inside, let them calm down. If they're in shock, you need to give them at least like overnight to kind of get past that before you try to, you know, mess with them too much. But you can offer them offer them food, offer them the electrolyte water, and then just leave them in a nice quiet place so that they can get over that hump. Because I, you know, I've had chickens that where they had an attack and it was actually one of my own dogs. It was when I first started and it was a, a little dog, my little Shih Tzu Darby. Um, I, I didn't realize I had left just for a little bit and he was outside because it was a nice sunny day. And I was like, you know, he's going to, he can stay outside for a little bit. I came back and he had dug under the fence and I had very young chickens and he did not injure the chickens, but he put them into shock. There were two chickens. He put them into shock and they died. And at the time I didn't, I, I, I just didn't know as much as I know now. So, you know, it's, it's pretty critical if they're in shock to give them some time. And then you can actually, if they're not eating or drinking, you can get a syringe. You can put some egg yolk in it with a little bit of electrolyte water. And you can take it and just give them like a drop on their beak and let the, let the drop go into their mouth. You don't want to like try and like force feed them. Okay, because it's really easy to drown a chicken this way. They can aspirate really easy and you don't want that. So what I will do is I will put a I'm I'm laughing because Julie Pagano said I have very ugly teenager chicks. <laughs> yes. There that's I I call it the awkward stage. <laughs> Um, so you just put a drop at the edge of their beak, the little drop goes into their mouth and they will usually, that will usually kind of like, um, uh, spark that mechanism to drink. Okay. Uh, so that's what you can do to try and snap them out of it. If they've been in shock for, for quite some time, you know, it's, I, I just really like, I try to give it at least overnight, um, to get, just to leave them alone if they're in shock. And then you can do, you know, once you get that, get them past the hump, you can do the whole rescue, the whole rest remedy for them. And speaking of remedies, I do use homeopathics with my chickens. Um, I know some people are not into homeopathics. If you're not, that's okay. You can still get a lot of information from this podcast. But I am somebody that likes to use homeopathics. I have been using them for over 25 years. Our family has a homeopath. And I'm a bit, I'm a big believer in, in the fact that they work. So um, one that I really love is called Rescue Remedy. And it's a flower remedy. It's a homeopathic flower remedy. And it's great when they are stressed out, when they don't feel good, when, you know, they've been brought inside and they're sick and they just, they need something to kind of like calm their nerves. And that's when I will put a couple drops of rescue remedy in that water. And I would put it, if I was syringe feeding a chicken, I would put a drop in there. And um, you can find that at like PetSmart and most, most health food stores will have it. And it's a great product. There is another homeopathic that I will use if I have a chicken that is suddenly sick or has experienced 
a big scare, like a predator attack. Um, and it is called aconite. And I'll get that in the 30C potency and just take one pellet and put it in the water or put it into the syringe. And I will give that to them until when they look like they're starting to, you know, uh, come out of it and, and they're starting to show improvement, I will stop. And I talk and I'm not going to go into detail about all the homeopathic stuff, but I do talk about it in a blog post that I will post in the show notes and in the description, because um, I do keep, there's some homeopathics that I just keep on hand for my chickens. And I also have a video where I show everything that is in my chicken first aid kit, including my homeopathics and all the stuff that I use. And that's a really good idea to have that on hand in case you need it. Okay. So I hope that this helps everyone that, you know, just initially when they have a sick chicken, that'll give you some steps that you can take to get over that hump. And it's just something that you can do while you're researching or while you're calling the vet or whatever you need to do. And like I said, sometimes this is all they need and sometimes they need more. But it's a great, it's a great uh, just path that you can follow in the meantime. And, you know, I always say, I, I always try to say something like this to people who are dealing with sick chickens. Sometimes there is just nothing that you can do. But I, I think for me, what gives me solace is that I know that even if my chicken got sick and died, that they had a better life than most chickens in the entire world. <laughs> So that makes me feel a little bit better that they that, you know, they were here and maybe they weren't here as long as I wanted them to be. But they were really loved and they had a great life while they were here. So, Patty, I thank you for your question. I hope that this helped. I hope it will help you in the future. If you come across something like this again, I hope you don't have to deal with water belly again, because that is not fun to deal with it. Not fun to deal with. And um there is like treatment for it, but it's usually just prolonging, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to do. And you, you would need the help of a veterinarian. Um, and Patty did seek veterinary care for her chicken. And, and unfortunately the chicken still died, but, but anyway, thank you for your question. And I'm so glad you sent your question. If you guys have a question that you want to ask me and that you want featured on Bok Talk, maybe, then send it to me through my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com. Go to the contact section and, and choose ask a chicken question. Okay. <laughs> and I love to get, I love to see messages from you guys. So right now I am going to open up the questions in the chat. So if you have a question, you can ask me in the chat right now. Oh, snakes are cool says my americana passed away one day after new year's eve we don't know what it was from her belly was really big so we thought also water belly but no liquid came out mm. yeah sometimes it's so tough you know sometimes you just you just don't know you can never know what happened and i think that's really hard for a lot of people just not knowing piney edge asks what do i feed my broody hen so I would suggest that you give her chick chicken feed, like her layer feed, 
You can, if you would like, give her some extra mealworms or um, some grubs. You can scramble up some eggs for her. Uh, but she is likely, uh, you know, a lot of people get worried. They're like, oh, I don't think my broody is eating or drinking. And they're very concerned. But they will wait until you're not around and they will go and get food at that point. Uh, they're very protective of their clutch of eggs and they don't want to get off their nest if you're around. So that's usually why people don't see that. Um, it, of course, it doesn't hurt for you to take her and, and take her off the nest and let her go and eat some food and walk around and stuff. But um, I would keep her on the nutritious diet that she hopefully is already having. I'm sure you're taking great care of her. And I would continue that care through her being broody. Um, if you wanted to, you could give, because it is stressful on their bodies, you could give her a couple weeks of some electrolytes, probiotics, and vitamins in her water. How many chicks I should should I get? <laughs> That's a loaded question, Eric. Eric is one of my moderators. <laughs> um, you know, however many your conscience allows. <laughs> uh, Jen DM, how can you tell that a chicken has throat worms versus a respiratory illness? I would say you would need... I would say you would really need to get a uh, the opinion of a, of a licensed veterinarian to know that for sure. And you would want to get some testing done. Leandro Franco, why did my chicken lay a soft egg and why did the chicken instantly attempt to eat it? Because it's delicious. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, especially new layers, they will lay abnormal eggs. <laughs> Abby normal. <laughs> Um, they will lay eggs that might not have a shell. They might lay a little itty bitty tiny egg. And that is normal for chickens that are just starting to lay or that they are, you know, they, they've taken their break over the winter and then they're starting to lay again after taking that break. So I wouldn't worry about it too much unless it was something that was chronically happening if it is something that's happening a lot, then you might want to evaluate what your, you know, your chickens diet. Are they getting what they need nutritionally? Are they getting oyster shell or their own shells crushed up and fed back to them? They need to have a calcium supplement added to their diet. So I, I would do that, but otherwise it's probably not you know anything to worry about and they do they will eat try to eat their own eggs if they do it's delicious to them so a soft egg they will try to eat it and usually i try to get it from them before but sometimes they just eat it before you can get to it laura tickle asks how much food and water do chicks eat and drink well i think it depends on the the chick um but what i would do is have you need to have food and water available to them at all times and if you have like a little quart waterer and a quart feeder you need to make sure that they are full and that they just have access to it at, at night if they have a radiant brooder that doesn't have a light you can remove their food and water at that time because they're not going to be eating or drinking but during the daytime they need to have it so that's what i would uh, focus on sandra del vecchio asks, and I hope I'm pronouncing your last name right, how early do they need oyster shell? So Sandra, I would start either at the point of lay 
Or if they haven't started laying by 20 weeks, go ahead and start giving them oyster shell at 20 weeks. Celia Perry, why does my chicken's comb have white spots on it? It's Is she possibly getting pecked on? Could those be scabs, Celia? Because sometimes that happens. The chicks will get a little, little scabs. Uh, the other thing that you can look up is fowl pox, which I don't want you to panic. I'm not saying that's what it is. <laughs> But look that up and see if it looks like that. Uh, basically, that just needs to run its course. unless, it, And it's usually not very serious unless it turns into wet pox. Then it could be serious. But um, usually it'll just go through a flock and run its course and they'll be fine. Karen D says, I love, love, love your course. A lot I didn't know and I'm still learning. Well, you know, Karen... I'm still learning too. <laughs> I am still learning too. And I am so glad that you are learning something new from my course. I really appreciate that. Okay, so snakes are cool. 75 sa- asks, there are little bugs in our coop. I just cleaned it out. What are they? They're not red. So it's possible that they're just um, like gnats. There are these like little tiny flies that can end up in the coop. But what I want you to do is I want you to pick up a chicken. Actually, I want you to to do this to a few of your chickens and look behind, look on the underneath the feathers behind the neck. I want you to look around the vent area and under the wings and see if you are observing, observe, observing. <laughs> oh, God. The, the words today are a challenge. <laughs> are you seeing bugs on the chickens? And if you see them on the chickens crawling around on the chicken's skin, then that would be mites. Or, um, I mean, it would be lice. And um, in that case, you would want to definitely treat your coop and each chicken. And I do have a video about that. Um, Oh, I can't remember the name of the video. Come on. I think it's like mites and lice. Here's what to do or something like that. (laughs) So go, uh, I will put that in the description and I'll put that in the show notes so that you can watch about what you need to do. And I really lean naturally. So what I am going to suggest will be natural, natural suggestions on what you can do to first of all, get rid of them and then prevent them in the future. Our wood chip garden, one of my flock has a hole in her mane. What should I do? I'm not sure what you mean. I'm not sure what that means. And uh, Karen D asked, what are, what are throat worms? So it's a parasite that some chickens get uh, in their throat. But snakes are cool. I hope it's just like the little, because sometimes there's like little gnats that like to hang around chicken poop. And when you clean out the coop, you can see them. And, and those are not, not parasites. So Jay Trevino, this is not a, a question, but he says, uh, Pablo, our Cochin rooster is our child support animal. That's wonderful to hear that. So um, I'm going to answer one more question, guys, because, you know, I like to keep it short and sweet. But Leandro Franco asks, is there a way to make a rooster be less aggressive? So I, I do get this question a lot. And it's a tough one because there, you know, there are some things that you can do, but you always need to have a 
a contingency plan in case it doesn't work. And I, I would suggest making this plan before you even get chickens, because even if you get chickens that have been sexed, meaning that you, you know, you got them out of the pullet bin or you ordered them as pullets, uh, which is a, a female chicken that hasn't reached a point of lay, there is always a chance that you will get a rooster. And so there's, there's two things that you need to plan for. Number one, if you can't have a rooster where you are, you need to plan on what to do if you get one or two. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is if you are allowed to have a rooster, you do have a rooster and that rooster is very aggressive and can't be controlled, then you need to have a plan for that. And the main thing that I always ask for is that your plan is a humane one. Because roosters, you know, when they when they are feeling threatened and they're going after humans, it's not because they're mean. Like I see that a lot. Like, oh, he's just mean. Well, animals aren't like that. They're not they're not mean and they're not cruel. They're just following their instinct. And they think that you're a threat. And their main concern is the safety of their flock. So Usually chickens that, that are like that or roosters that are like that would also be really good if a predator came into your chicken yard. Like they would probably lay down and die for the sake of their flock. So, you know, I just think it's a little bit unfair when people are like, oh, you know, this is a mean rooster. You know, the rooster can't help it. So um, that's just my little me going on my tangent there. But what I would do first is try to, you know, pick up the rooster, walk around with him. You can turn him around so he's like facing backwards and you're just like doing, when you're doing your chicken chores, just walk around with him, un, you know, underneath your arm and get him to calm down and then put him down when he's calmed down. You can also like walk into the chicken yard. You can have like a, a broom or like a rake or shovel with you. And I am not suggesting that you hit the rooster with this. <laughs> Please do not do that. That is not what I'm talking about. And just don't show aggression towards the rooster, but you will use it to, you know, kind of lead them out of the way. If they're coming after you, you'd rather have that broom between you and the rooster and just kind of like show them like, nope, you can't, you know, you can't do that. You can't get to me like that. But it's tough when it's a big, when it's a big guy, they can do damage. And certainly with a small child, they can do damage. And so that's why I always tell people, you know, you need to have a plan because it's not, you know, I, I really, um, I'm getting a little sanctimonious today, <laughs> but when I see the videos of kids being chased by roosters, I don't like that because the truth of the matter is like, first of all, that kid could be scared of chickens for the rest of their life from that experience that could be tra traumatic to them. And second of all, like that kid could get really hurt, you know, a, a full grown rooster and a little kid, that full grown rooster could really hurt that kid. And it's not a joke. So, you know, you got to weigh your options. I have a, a stinker of a rooster. I mean, he is a jerk. <laughs> And here I am telling you not to call your rooster me, and I'm calling him a jerk. Uh, <laughs> it's hard not to take it personally, so I get it. Um, <laughs> he's actually, you know, he attacks me like every day. His name is Philippe. But it's so funny because when he was a baby, I used to syringe feed him because 
I got him and I'm actually putting a video out on Wednesday all about this because it's it's for if you if you have a sick chick. So a sick baby chick, it's a protocol to follow for a sick baby chick. Um, so just like today, it's just a different protocol. And I don't have an acronym for it. I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> so I got him. I had another little baby chick that was that was sick that I was trying to nurse back to health. And baby chicks do not like being alone. They just don't do well if they're alone. So I got Philippe and his sister Pop-Tart to keep this other little chick company. And they all got used to eating out of the from the syringe. And so even today... After, you know, years of not seeing the syringe, if I bring one out to the chicken yard, Philippe will see it and he'll come up to it and try and drink out of it, you know, between the times he's not attacking me. So, but because Philippe is little, I'm able to keep him. And my kids, you know, I don't have itty bitty tiny kids that are in the, in the chicken yard. They're my, my youngest is seven years old. Philippe is small. So, you know, I, I weighed the risks and I'm like, okay, I can keep Philippe. But if you have, you know, if I had a Jersey giant rooster or a Brahma rooster that was aggressive and I had a three-year-old kid, that that's not a good combination. So I wish that there was a hundred percent guarantee of what you could do to tame a rooster and get it to stop attacking you. But it just really depends on the personality of the rooster and the personality of the human that is is dealing with the rooster because some people seem to have i mean it's like magic that they they can tame any rooster i know somebody like that she can tame any rooster but not everybody is like that so like i said you know the main thing is i just um have a plan and make sure that plan is humane so guys uh thank you so much for being here today Remember, if you have a question, you can go to my website, welcome to chickenlandia.com, and submit it there. And I want to thank my moderators today. Eric Johnson was here, 13 Moons Homestead. And of course, Kelsey, who is the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. Thank you very much for being here today. I want to thank Talking to Crows for editing this episode and Double M Ranch Designs for doing the podcast art and all the art for Chickenlandia. So if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate and review it because that really helps me out. But you know what? Even if you don't want to do that, you need to know one thing, and that is you are always welcome in Chickenlandia. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye! Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit WelcomeToChickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.